Hello, naughty monkeys. You know what? Not only are the folks at AdamBendeve.com sweethearts for sponsoring this episode and therefore helping me get to conferences and such to procure more information and knowledge for your brain spaces, but they're also offering a kick-ass deal to listeners. So it's a four-part sweet deal, but super important. If you go to AdamAndEve.com, shop around, you got to remember to type in sex nerd at checkout to get 50% off almost any item. Free shipping, three free adult DVDs, and an extra super secret special gift. Who knows what it is? And FYI, because I know folks think about this, in terms of packaging and credit card statements, adamandeve.com sends your goodies in plain unmarked packaging. I know that people worry about this, so I just want to make sure. Uh, only their address is on the return label. And on your credit card statement, it will say Adam Mail, Mail M-A-I-L, which is pretty unassuming too. So if you're a shy monkey, no one will know you're doing the grown-up. So, go to adamandeve.com, type in sex nerd at checkout, and get four awesome bonuses. 50% off almost any item, free shipping, three free DVDs, and a super secret gift. That's just awesome. Now entering Nerdist.com. Welcome to the Sex Nerd Sandra Podcast. Whoa, what are these kids doing in here? Hey, if you're under 18, go ask your mom. Now that we're alone, let's start the show. Guess what? We have someone really, uh, well, we have Dave Ross. You know? Yeah. Hello. <laughs> He's Hello. cute. That's very cute. Oh, thank Do you. Do you want to play my nephew slash stepson slash son's best friend? Oh, right. Wrong movie. <laughs> <laughs> is that how you is that how you hit on people? You're just like hey, That's what they want to be in your movie, in your fake movie. That's what I got hired for. Oh. oh, I okay. Okay, so we have we're in different worlds. <laughs> Nina Hartley is here in the studio. Hello, Nina. Hello. Hi. We have known each other a while now, actually. I'm saying four years? Something like that. We were in the Vagina Monologues a long time ago. We became, we became oh, no way. Stuff. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, over at Antioch University. Um, Nina, thank you for coming in today. I've been thinking, like, oh, I need to have Nina on the show. Nina, 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 Nina. So it's like you've been on my mind. Like, ah, so now I have you to well, ask thank you, you all. This is a great setup if people don't know what it's like. We're in a cool comic shop on the Sunset Boulevard in a little sound studio with windows overlooking the shop and a hot tech person here. <laughs> Katie. A good-looking good looking crew and, and sound uh, baffling everywhere and fun posters and a really cool quilt. <laughs> this is the Nerdist logo. Backdropped by the oh. Nerdist logo quilt. It's true. So, um, so yes, this is awesome, and thanks for having me because uh, I like your title. I follow you at Sex Nerd Sandra on Twitter. On Twitter, and because I am too a sex nerd, and you got to the word first, so I cannot call myself that. And sure sex, hey. sex geeks already been taken. So, no, you I think are you can call yourself a sex nerd. A total sex nerd. Oh, I yeah. am one definitely, but I, I can't claim the title. So that's sex nerd. Sex Sandra. nerd Nina. Oh, sex nerd Nina. Yeah. There you go. Sex nerd Dave, sex nerd yeah. Nina, sex nerd Sandra. We can all be sex nerds. Yes. And then we, 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 we cross Paul Knight with uh, sex geek Reed, mm -hmm. and and yeah. then it gets bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. Is that the moniker that Reed goes by? Sex, sex geek. geek Reed? Se yeah. Well, he's sex and also he's sex geek you, t-shirts. Yeah, he creates t-shirts. Yeah. I don't have t-shirts. Oh, he makes those shirts. I've yeah. seen those shirts. They're okay. awesome. You know what? If I had thought to, I would have worn it. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. 
That's right. This is the radio. We're all naked right now. They just oh, don't we know. are, and they don't know that I just love being surrounded by, you know, honestly, it's a really great ratio for a party, three females to one male person. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Is that a good ratio for... For me, as someone who is massively, rapidly bisexual, yeah. Oh, okay. So you're I prefer at any sex party that has bio boys and bio girls, I prefer the bio girls to outnumber the bio boys by at least two. Mm-hmm. Uh, not twice, but so... I like two females and one male with three females and two, you know, four and three. It's always like there to be extra women. Mm-hmm. Because you said bio girls and bio boys. What does that mean? Um, cisgendered men and women, um, XYs, XXs, genetic female, genetic male. Okay. Oh, bio. I get it. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or they're just really into the biological studies at the yes, local university. Yes, I am. Absolutely. That's what no. I got into. I was an early science adopter and biology of all the sciences, you know, biology versus geology, zoology, astrology, Actually, uh, astronomy. Um, biology was definitely the one that, that got me going. So this is really good because, I mean, I'm a big fan of you and all of your work, but um, for anyone who's just not familiar with your work, I mean, you started out as a registered nurse mm-hmm. and, um, and you've had quite a career in the adult industry. Can you just share with people a little bit about what you do? Well, um... I am a baby, I'm a mid-boomer, born in 1959. Mm-hmm. So by the time I was 12 in 1970, 71, the women's lib movement was really big. And a big, the leading edge of that was the beginning of the push toward natural childbirth. Um, and not just natural childbirth is better for the baby, but it's a feminist, empowering thing to do, taking it out of the realm of being a sickness managed by doctors and into something, a natural process. Women have been doing this for a long time. <laughs> and, um, and and putting the experience of their birth um, more into the hands of women and taking it out of the hands of doctors. And mm-hmm. I was young. It's like, duh. And so I always thought I was going to be a midwife and help women, um, you know, empower themselves and have a positive birth experience, et cetera, et cetera, because I understood very clearly how important that is for the whole brain development thingy-wingy. Thingy-wingy. Timey-wimey. Exactly. And, uh, but at that same time, I also developed um, an understanding that I was a bisexual person and a voyeur and an exhibitionist. (laughs) Um, And so by the time I was in sixth grade, I knew I wasn't like other kids. Mm -hmm. And if you have gay friends, a lot of them knew by first or second grade, I am not like Johnny, I'm not like Sally. And so I knew very early on that I'm not like other kids, but I didn't understand that it was sex related because I wasn't mm-hmm. gay. Um, I'm a bi- now I know that I'm a polyamorous person. That word wasn't, hadn't been invented yet, but I did grow up in Berkeley, California, where the, oh. where the experimentation was going on all, all around and I had access to a lot of books and knew thinking about sex and sexuality that instead of thinking I was going to be damned to hell, um, I was lucky to escape any religious indoctrination around sexuality, and all I got was the stuff that filters in from the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I recognized early on is I didn't understand why you only get to have one. Mm-hmm. I never, all the plot lines, all these movies, and the one friend who sacrifices himself so his best friend and the girl he loves secretly can be together, blah, 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 blah. You know, so, the, like on a lot of spectrums, you hit on like the far. Oh, I know. It's just, it's just, side. yeah. Oh, I do. So I, so I realized early on that I wasn't like other kids, and as I'm older now, I realize yes, I'm bisexual, exhibitionistic, voyeuristic, polyamorous, um, teacher motivated. I. Uh, I. Oh, I've never heard of that as a phrase. Teacher motivated. Well, nurses are here to role model, educate, and advocate. I should be a nurse. 
And so role modeling, how, what, does health, what does a healthy non-traditional fe- sexual persona look like in a woman in our culture? Um, and so I set out to, not to do it for anybody else. I had to do it for me first, but I realized I can't be the only one like me. And, role, and um, advocating, I speak about sexuality for a lot of people who can't speak for themselves because they don't know yet. They haven't come up against it or they're, it's not safe. Mm-hmm. But I'm here saying, and you're here saying, it's okay, hang in there. Soon you'll be out of the house. You'll be able, it will get better. You'll, you'll find your people. You don't have, you know, family, family by choice, not chance. I mean, this is, you know, mm-hmm. this, so you're there to advocate for people who can just, who aren't yet able to stand up and say, I am this way. And then, um, and educating. What is a penis? What is a vulva? What, what, how do you touch it? What do you do? What do you do? Sure. Okay, I've gotten someone to say yes to me without being drunk. Actually, what do you do? I don't know what you do. <laughs> it depends on what, what you want. And, what, <laughs> no, and, 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 what I, and so I like, so going back to biology, is there, if you go to the brain development, there's the lizard brain, the so-called medulla, the, back, the, 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 the brain mm-hmm. stem, breathing, heartbeat, salt regulation, whatever. It's just the, the sheer biological mechanism of keeping you breathing. Then there's the so-called lizard, uh, that's the lizard brain. Then there's the midbrain, where the amygdala and the hypothalamus and all the feelings and fear, pain, panic, love, bliss, orgasm, union, ah, all the feelings, all the mammalian, mm-hmm. th- mammals, have, mammals have feelings because we have the brain structure for feelings, emotions, air quotes, emotions. Sure. I don't know what those are. I don't and, have those. Um, but everybody I does. I feel nothing. Yes, I know. And then the third part of the brain to develop over the millennia, because I am an evolutionary believer, um, is the gray matter, the... Um, uh, the cerebrum and the abstract reasoning. Mm-hmm. So the so going from back to forward, the org, the organism. May I touch your arm? Sure. So I'm touching David's arm here, and so the his brainstem is saying, you know, I like that. I wish it was harder. If if it would felt differently, it would feel different. So that's it. He, I, I like the sensation. Don't like the sensation. It's just a sensation. You know, I could see, I could hit. I you know, if I hit him or slapped him or pinched him, his his brainstem would go ow, ooh, ooh, ah, mm, no, whatever. Sure. And then there is the midbrain that has emotions sen- mm-hmm. that that are triggered by the feelings. Um, Relaxation, alertness, danger, warning, hey, ooh, ah, hmm, hi, oh, go. Just the, and, then, and, then, sure. and, and then there's the story the front brain has to tell about the feelings engendered by the sensation. Want good, bad, mustn't have her, she's married, my girlfriend would kill me, it's not right, it's same sex, blah, blah, blah. It, it, it doesn't fit some of my dice, blah, 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 blah. There's a reason why he can or can't be okay with the emotions engendered mm-hmm. by the sensations. Mm-hmm. And then then is what comes out of his mouth or his behavior. So that make any sense at all. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a yeah. wonderful breakdown. And so when when I was learning about sex, I had I had to take emotional engagement off the table. It's like mm-hmm. I was so nerdy, spastic, Aspergian, semi-neglected, whatever. I, I didn't have a lot of emotional training growing up. This is what you're feeling, Nina. This is what it means. Here's how we can help you through your... F- oh, that's anger. Oh, that's frustration. Oh, that's loneliness. You know, mm-hmm. adults are supposed to help young people with identifying their feelings and giving them coping mechanisms for managing them. Someone most, should let the adults know that. Yes. And, mo- and most of us, most <laughs> of us don't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then every now and then you see someone like my niece who is the most amazing parent. It's like, yes, see, you should be a mom. You and your husband should be parents because you understand what's required to successfully do this thing. 
and fuck the kid up as little as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're all so we grow up and we have whatever deficits, deficits we have. We have whatever experiences we have. The stories we tell ourselves. So the stories we tell ourselves about the rightness or wrongness or okayness or not okayness of a sensation are completely cultural, based on our gender, cultural history, family of origin, birth order. Um, physiognomy, pers- you know, et, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So that's why two people in the same family can have completely different experiences around sexuality because one's a boy, one's a girl, one was molested by dad, one wasn't. What, whatever, whatever. whatever. And so... So you had to put all I had, this away I had, so, so, nursing school. Well, for, for, for the sex thing, so I, I, for me, I realized, wow, I needed to find a place where I could be around naked people and have sex, air quotes, without having to, so, come here often. Wow. Right. So, yeah, movies. So, um, I, don't, I, didn't want, I knew I didn't want a relationship. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I, I, I didn't want to go home with drunk people. I'm much too terrified to be alone with a stranger. Are you mad? Mm-hmm. I'd much rather be alone. I'd much rather be with a stranger on a set or at a swing party where there's other people around and we all understand why are we here? We're here to have a sexual experience. Sure. Maybe it'll lead to friendship and love and babies. Maybe not. That's not why we're here. We're here to, hi, I like you. You like me. I'd like to suck your dick. I'd like to have my dick sucked. Oh my gosh, there's a match. <laughs> you know? and, 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 and that's all it has to be because that's all we, we agree that that's what it is. We're at a swing party. We're in a porno set. Of course, that's the conversation. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, oh my God, a little bit forward. And in real life, men can get very frightened by women being that forward because then they're thrown back on their own assumptions and training and hunt versus hunted and blah, 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 blah. So for me, I love porn and swinging and and strip clubs because it, the, the demarcation we have to talk about this and it's, it's just like what do you like for dinner favorite kind of movies where do you like to go on vacation how do you like to get off so for me because getting off air quote is a biological function there's no morality this body needs this level of stimulation in this manner for this length of time to trigger the, the sneeze mm-hmm. there's no moral out there's no morality to that for me the morality morality air quotes comes from the culture Mm-hmm. This is good, this is bad, this is forbidden, this is required, blah, blah, blah. And so I don't have religion. I have the religion of early feminism, consent, agreement, discussion, negotiation, boundaries, you know. Sure. And and so it took me a long time to find other people like myself. I started to find them a little bit in porn, at least for the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, swinging was a little bit better, but... Um, socially, I don't have a whole lot other in common because I'm more pansexual, kink-friendly, genderqueer. Like the culture of swinging is, prize, is not is, that is, culture, attractive. Culture of swinging, you know, it's very attractive for a certain kind of person. No, no, it wasn't um, for you. It, oh, wasn't, very, it, was it wasn't very, your people, but you got um, to do it was, it was, there was more my, the swingers were more my people than anyone I'd met so far. We were talking about the mid-80s here. Mm-hmm. So um, ACT UP had barely started. HIV was really just starting to be a quote-unquote threat to the straight people. It was just starting to get nationwide. We even born, you probably in diapers still, very young, 84. Um, I mean, I was potty trained by then. Okay, you know? <laughs> whatever. But so, so when this was all going on, the only people who were out talking about sex, as we like to get together and have consensual sex with our eyes open, were swingers. Poly, air quotes, had not been... It certainly was around, but hadn't been. It hadn't coalesced around anything yet. They had no. There's no poly pride movement. There was no poly picnics in New York. There was no poly websites. Mm-hmm. There was no group yet. And so, if you were alt sex, i.e., not a monogamous person mm-hmm. and not gay, because leather men and gay men had their own 
circles. They had bathhouses. Yeah, they, they had clubs and bathhouses. Lesbians at that point. And outfits. Were, and, out, and lesbians at the time were absolutely not having group sex or crazy sex. That was a patriarchal man thing. And so they were all having the full of dyke drama and the weird bullshit and that. And then that, that left swingers, at least people who got together to, in order to be sexy. And in order to talk about sex. And so I, I, I swung for 20 years because I, I really, you know, hey, I liked it. I got to be in a room full of naked people. Score. Right. I got to, when did you start swinging? 1982. So one, you experienced swinging in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. I, okay. st- I went to my last. I went to my last organized swing convention that had twelve thousand people on Saturday night. Six thousand couples in two thousand one was my last. Was my last one because by then I had gotten with my current husband, um, who is primarily kinky. Mm-hmm. We're, we're a non-monogamous couple, but vanilla swingers don't interest him because while the partner swapping interests him, the kind of sex they like to have doesn't match with his orientation. So when we have sex parties or sex. Playdates, we call them playdates. Um, we usually have one or two people over to our place who, who are also already leather identified mm-hmm. in a male dom femme sub um, or a femme sub configuration that day to play with us. And then when I want to go swing, I, I can go swing on my own because I like vanilla sex. I like I like other kinds of sex than just power exchange um, sex games. And so I, I I go to I go to parties when I when I'm able. So you're saying vanilla sex being no power exchange? No, no vanilla sex, and this is not this is not a derogatory. Vanilla is just a, a descriptor. I'm a poly person. I'm also kinky. Kinky is the kind of sex I like to have. I like I like power exchange. I like impact play. I like I can do role play. I can do age play. I can I can just really dance dance in all the different flavors. Vanilla is. Hugging and sucking and kissing and fucking and, and quote unquote regular sex, the rose petals on the bed, the nice massage, the, the hug with the tickle that turns into, oh, wasn't expecting this. I'm just, you know, <laughs> what, what, people would, what people would consider quote unquote normal sex. Right. And, but so, do you know Venn diagrams? So you have to think. Uh, I think we know, yeah. Dave, I think yeah. we know some so, Venn diagrams. So in one Venn diagram, you have the word kinky. and <laughs> the other Venn diagram, you have the word vanilla. And in the intersection, you have swingers. Because swingers are either the kinkiest of vanilla people or the vanilla-iest of kinky people. <laughs> That's a really funny because, way, because way of where the, to put swingers. Because, here, and here's why. In swinging, when I think of kinky, maybe you think of kinky, you think of whips and chains and boots and, and, and mams and mistresses and boys and doms and masters and, and all the dungeon stuff, which is awesome. Or the scary unknown. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Just like and the whole vast. Yeah, the whole vast thing of, <laughs> wow, you know, pervery. I mean, pervery on parade. Um, but in swinging, the kink is exhibitionism, voyeurism, partner swapping. That's the kinky part. The sex is hugging and kissing, sucking and fucking. And, 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 group, and, group, and group play. So the, the sex is regular. Just the sex they have, like a couple of ass swats. That's pretty much about it. There's very little throat holding, no face slapping, very little hair pulling, um, no collars, no, no role playing or ritualistic behavior that I might recognize from my dungeon play, mm-hmm. which is a little more tea ceremony, Tai Chi ish in mm-hmm. the sex game. Um, and, but they each have their appeal. I mean, I, I like, I like both, um, because I, and, and so in swing world, I get to be totally, you know, toppy because what I love about swing world and what makes swinging safe for women is that nothing happens to a woman at a swing party that she does not permit or request. Mm-hmm. And so the men are on their best behavior because they, a, they're in a room full of half naked women. 
score, and Absolutely. they're probably, probably going to get some strange before nighttime with their partner's permission and, and, and approval, double score. And so I can offer what I want to offer, and they can say yes. So if they want the fucking to the hand job, oh, well, the hand job's what I'm offering. And it's cool that you don't want the hand job. It'll be here next time. But if the hand job has to lead to intercourse with me, me. I'll peg you. you know, so you get to negotiate. Mm-hmm. And they get to say yes or no. I like that about it. Swinging is fun. I mean, I've seen it. I was at a you party know, once. Swinging can be fun or can be super annoying. It's what good. do you mean super annoying? Uh, drunk people, people who, are, people who are drinking or high to overcome the fact that they're still too nervous to really be there yet. Or just too nervous to say, we're nervous. We're still new here. We still just need to watch and we're getting used to it. So thank you sure. so much. Um, oh, yeah. That's important to very, be able so, to. Sort of. That was like my line at this one party. I'm Good like, for you. I just, we're feeling like watching. <laughs> we're just kind of nervous. <laughs> and, and, and didn't that, but didn't that work? Did that keep people yeah, away? Yeah, well, there was, it was a very strange way. There, there is a swing club that we really want to go to and, and like for, for a field trip. So I really want to go to a field trip. What would you want to ask? Uh, I'm just wondering if you ever come across people at a swing party who, or a swinger party, who like bro out. Do you ever like? Do you know what I mean by that? Like, I always wonder. I've never been to a swinger party. I, I uh, well, the talking so, so about bro out the at most people who like basically shouldn't be there. Who don't oh, have the right mentality. Yes, They're like, thank you. oh, look at all these naked girls. Not Hell as yeah, much. Dog. Not as yeah. much as you'd think. <laughs> no, not as much as you think. Because most swing parties are invitation only. So okay. if I'm going to bring a new guy, I'm betting him and his behavior. I see. And I will have told him ahead of time, dude. Don't be a douche. Yeah, you know, okay. and and keep it to two beers or less. The, the 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 sure sign of someone who's new to a swing party isn't supposed to be there is someone who's drunk, mm-hmm. um, because that just a if you're there for sex you don't get drunk because you're not stupid and uh, but if you're still nervous about being there and you haven't been able to say I don't want to go tonight I'd rather stay home. That and you so and just stay away from those people. I mean, it's like sure. it's like it's like mm-hmm. high school with the sex out in the open, meaning that there's going to be some. If the party's big enough, there's going to be some couples you're drawn to. Some couples like, oh wow, wow, look at the time, wow, hmm, yeah, and some that some 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 just want to talk with some that you want to bone at that very. You know, it's just it's a nice range. What I like about swingers is that at least you can broach the topic at that level and not have to pretend it's about something else. So what I tell people for swing parties is just by being there, you're permitting anyone to ask you anything. And you are obligated to be polite and honest, and they have to take whatever the answer is and go and 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 that have that be fine. Mm-hmm. So I get to offer, and you get to say uh, thank you, no, and I get to go. Okay, well, cool, you know, sure. hey, party, you know. So and that, and that's that's the way we assume that no one's going to be douchey, stupid, or idiotic about this. We're here as grown ups with the purpose of sex. And one of the things for the purpose of sex, I have to find out, do you not even want the same thing? Just because I find you totally hot and would do anything for you. You might not be into chicks that night. Maybe you're here to get extra dick. I don't know. Yeah, because you never know what you're in the mood you for, never, what somebody else is in the mood for. You don't. It's, and and sometimes it ends up being in, both in the mood to sit and talk and chat, watch somebody else have a hot time and talk that way. So we, you can connect. Once, once the... Once the we must be directly sexual together is taken off the table and we get to exist in a sex positive space for a while. We can find all kinds of ways to have positive interactions with people with whom we're not actually fucking. Mm-hmm. And in the next three or four parties might lead to sex. You don't know. I mean, I had the best time with someone I would never have had a good time with, but because I'd seen him over a course of four separate occasions and each time we talked a little more, I saw him, you saw each other in a different light and then got to flirting. And finally, the last time was the fifth time we'd met up. 
Cowabunga, baby. It was awesome. <laughs> it's like I would huh. never have thought you would be a quote unquote hot fuck. But because we let it grow at its own pace and kept liking each other in the meantime, when it happened, it was surprisingly awesome because he's not a type I'd ever would have chosen for a sex partner on sheer physical appearance and, and sure but getting to know him and, and talking about so what is a sport fuck for you why I like this and this you know what I like about being with you know biological boys is the yangness I, li- I like do I love like, that yang I do love that yang, yang yeah it just I love the yang energy and I love I love feeling that like having strange man hands on me and feeling what they're feeling it's like this is awesome and so by the fifth time we were together he, he knew he knew what to do with me to create the response that made me go yeah absolutely this time is it and it was worth the wait so going back to the biology of it if oh she's tying it, it in no so <laughs> When you're, this whole time when you're, when you're with, when, when, yeah, she's when, been touching when, him when, lightly. When you're, nice. when you're with somebody, the first thing, um, this is what this, the, the, the woo-woo 70s goddess movement, but I took away from that. I'm not goddess-centric, um, but I do, but a little bit of cheating sexuality is sacred. The, cat, the religious people aren't wrong. It's what they do with it. So there, the body needs what it needs. There's no... There's no morality. If I get buttered over what you need, that's my shit. You're just being honest. I need it harder, softer, faster, slower, up, down, left, right. You know, I need to do it myself, and, and I can't. And I, 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 you can get me close, but I have to take it over the finish line. Whatever the organism needs to have the, the climax, climactal moment, that's what they need. It's just stimulation on the nerve endings. I tickle his skin. It creates electrochemical charge. It goes up the nerve. It goes his brain and goes in the good part, the bad part, the annoying part, the want more part. And that's a feedback loop. And if I respect what he's get, telling me with his body and his breathing, I just I want more of that. So I'm going to keep, ah, and eventually, hopefully, <laughs> with enough time, He'll feel safe enough and comfortable enough, and I'll be in the groove enough that I can help trigger the squirty party, mm-hmm. yay! Or the or the or the or the moment of moment of climax. And there's no there's no ego. It's not oh he shouldn't want that. You want what you want. Your your body needs what it needs to to, to get off. There's no it's just what it needs to get off. It's just I have a high set point. It takes me forever to come once, and I've worked for thirty years trying to calm that the fuck down. It's not going That's anywhere, right. and I'm okay with that now. And I'm with young women who are already eighteen to twenty, and they they can come four, five, six, eight. You know, with with a vib- with, without a vibrator three times in an hour, easy. With a vibrator, Whoa. oh, five or six. It's like, bitch, how do you do that? I, and 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 they're just that. They're just that way. I have girlfriends who come from penetration. A good boning that will do it. They don't want vibrators. Don't put your mouth in their vulva. Fuck them. It's like, bitch, how do you? Do that because i'm not that and they're, they're hot to play with and they make you feel so good it's like yeah. i am such a hot fuck you realize <laughs> no halfway competent dick wipe could do it <laughs> no i got maybe i got i got eight and she, he only gave her three but she has a low set point for orgasm and and it takes a halfway competent person to get her there frequently those women are awesome and that swing parties they're very very popular so if you just honor what the organism seems to need to get to the point of climax you'll feel through your hands what needs happening, slower, tighter, up or down, hopefully feedback from the person. Um, and I learned all this um, when in nursing school with uh, labor and delivery. The labor takes as long as the labor takes. The, mm-hmm. You know, in a, in a normal pregnancy without, you know, it, 
98% pregnancies are perfectly fine. It's going to take as long as it takes. That's true. In and birth, you just, we give women You did all the space you need. What do you need? You need to walk around, suck an ice chip, get fisted, have a hot shower, sit in the hot tub, you know, float around, whatever. You just, you know, orgasm actually can help speed along labor. Um, and true. so... So and, and and other women gather around the woman and maybe her partner too and just give her all the space, 12 hours, 30 hours, whatever you need. And you're just happy to be there the whole time because it's going to take time that it takes. Orgasm is the same way. Ah, I love this metaphor, the, the parallel thing. The organism, it, it need your, your organ, depending on your state of mind, how attached you are to the person, blah, 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 algorithms. Today, your nerve endings need what they need for as long as they need it for you to trigger over. It's just, it, there's no, why do you need that? You know, and what are you thinking? That's from, you know, and, and also, I also, I give mental privacy. Mental privacy. Meaning you can have whatever fantasy you want. I don't need to know what you're thinking. I don't, it doesn't have to be about me. I don't have to be in your fantasy. You can be thinking about things that are illegal, immoral, against the laws of physics, vanilla. You can be thinking, I don't care. I don't need to know what's in your head. I'm here to... As I would be as a labor and delivery midwife, I'm here to assist and facilitate your pleasure journey. I have no ego. I'm here as a handmaid. And that's where the goddessy bullshit comes in. I'm here as a handmaiden to pleasure because I, lo- I get to be in the room with a person having an orgasm. Sweet. What do I do? Can I hold your hair? Hold your coat? Hold your foot? Hold the lube? I don't, can, I be, can I be in the corner watching? I get to be in the room when they're hello. Nina, you're like... You are such a sex nerd. <laughs> you figured that thing. out. Yes, I totally am. I, and after 30 years of doing this, I'm more excited than ever. I just it, That's why I know I'm in the right place. I, people, my father said, why sex? Why not the violin? <laughs> And all fathers would say that. Well, no, it just, but you know, I'm the Yehuda Meduin of the, of, of sex. I'm the, you know, the, 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 the Billie Jean King. Of, I mean, I'm, I'm the, I'm the Rachel Maddow of sex. <laughs> I mean, cause it has been over 30 years. Yeah, I started stripping 30 years ago. An adult performer. I mean, it's awesome. It's just like, wow, I can't believe it. Cause I remember her so well. Boy, was she crazy. I tell you. What um, is Rachel Maddow, the Rachel Maddow of? I was trying to figure that <laughs> metaphor out. Rachel Maddow show? Yeah. She, she no, I know such, who she is. Oh, no, she's such a political uh, geek. She is. Oh, she is, right, she, is right. she feels, she's a geek about politics where I'm a geek about sex. I see. She is a big political And I'm geek. a huge fan. I just, I'm so, I'm, I'm sure she's monogamous. It's like, damn. Um, I think she's, she's hot. Amazing. She's amazing. I'm a huge fan. And, and she don't, don't think she knows I exist, but I don't care. Okay, so I have a lot, actually several questions here. I'm okay. really glad you brought up the orgasm thing. and But I, I'd love to ask you just because you have had your hands and things and mouth on all sorts of people and received. And what, what we were talking bef- before we started recording is... I mean, I, I want to know, Dave, do you want to know what makes a good lover? Like, and, and what makes Nina such yeah, a rock star yeah. in the sack? So what is it that makes someone a good lover? Uh, first, what makes a good lover is really trying to have no ego when it comes to facilitating pleasure in another person. I'm not here because I'm so good. I'm here because I'm a sex nerd and I really love making you feel good. And as good as you let me make you feel, I'll keep working for a long time. If you're honestly, truly trying to get into the zone, trying to get there, trying to go to a new place, I will, I will stroke your back. I'll tickle your ball sack. I will, I will put my hand inside of you. I, I just like to be in the zone, help, uh, in the bubble, helping the person go where they always wanted to go. Um, because you can ask, what makes me a good lover is that you can't embarrass me and you can't shame me and I have no, 
if it's consenting adults, I have no other judgment. I choose, I don't like to play with blood. That's mm-hmm. a little. That's like eh, a little too edge, too edge play for me. I don't like poops and enemas so much. Nah. Mm. But I have a wide range of behaviors that I think are perfectly fine to assist in and be part of, and I love being there. And so I like, it makes me good is that I'm happy. If you have the nerve to say, I'd like to try, blah, 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 I'll go, oh, cool. And we'll figure out, we'll try to figure out how to do it, as opposed to, oh, my God, this is got, or whatever. So my, my job is to validate and to give permission and to give, a good lover's job is to validate and give permission and support. My husband, who's a wonderful dominant, says, being a good master is giving the right orders. Aww. And you find out what the person's always wanted to do and order them to do it. Because most of us have a very hard time letting ourselves go there. But mm-hmm. if we're doing it to, quote, unquote, please someone or to be a good slave, the smart master tells you to go where it is you really want to go. But just didn't, just need the kick in the ass a little bit. Um, and that's actually a perfect description of, you know, it's like punishing someone with what exactly you know they want. And like, right. And, and also, it's very, very important uh, if you're if you're in the dominant position. Is the first, the most important thing to know to get what you want is to know what you want. So, if you want a certain behavior, you re- if the person likes spanking, you reward good behavior with spanking. You don't punish brat behavior with spanking unless you're playing the brat game, which is a negotiated persona exchange. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like brats. I don't like being a brat. I don't like playing with brats. I will beat your ass until you bleed if that's what you want, but it's going to be because I like it and it amuses me and you are suffering so beautifully because you like to suffer because you've told mm-hmm. me so. That's why I'll beat your ass until you're bloody, but I'm not going to do it because I'm angry because I don't want to play with anger. The most important thing about BDSM mm-hmm. is it's violence without pain. I mean, it's violence without fear. Violence, <laughs> sorry. violence without anger and pain without fear and pleasure without shame. Violence without anger. I like impact play. I like hitting and being hit, air quotes. I like having my hair pulled. I like having my face hit. I like being hit with things. But I know, but at that point, it's, an, it's a sensation, and it's a different way of using your hand. I can stroke David's arm, or I can squeeze it, or I can punch it, and it's all different sensation play that works on different parts of the brain. But because I know my partner's not angry at me, He's fully focused. He's paying attention. And it's for sex fun because it makes him hard and gets me wet. That's why we do it. And it's pain without fear, meaning intensity. Mm-hmm. If I'm, I'm, a mas- I'm very masochistic. But if I stub my toe, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Sure. You know, but on a scale of one to ten, if, you know, stroking David's arm very softly is barely a one and a really like, fabulous, you know, cane stroke is a ten – all the sensation is, you know, up the volume, down the volume. And so where, it's like a trombone or, or, or pickle or one of those whistles. Uh, so where, I don't care where on the scale of tickle, tickle to cane strike that you need to get to the happy place. I like applying stimulation to get you to the happy place. And if you get to the happy place, I'll be happy because I'm feeding off your energy and, and this is hot. So if you let yourself be hot in front of me, I'll get hot with you. If I lay back and let you try to get me hot, we'll be here all fucking day. So I'm very much, I'm very much a top. I, 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 I get into the mood by, by doing as opposed to receiving. And that's something I want to work on. I want to be able to receive more because I know some people like myself like to please. And so be, yeah. learning to be pleased is an important part of being an effective dominant. And I'm, and I'm still working on that. See, that's the question is because... Uh, when it comes to good lovers, I mean, there is a lot of like we want to focus and make sure to take the ego out. But then when you have two people and one person's you have to have an opinion, receiving, you have to have an opinion. 
but right, the receiver needs to have an opinion. But then, if they're not just as excited to give, then you're in this weird imbalance in if the not, bedroom. And for me, I find if it's not if I'm not ex- as excited to receive, we have an imbalance. I love pleasing. I will. I again, be, it's, that's part where I am a service bottom. I really do like getting into the service oriented thing. And if I worship anything, it is the the power of pleasure. So if I get at all worshipful, it's when I'm performing oral sex or when I'm helping someone. It, doing hand sex on someone helping them get to an orgasm I really get in the moment I'm totally focused what I need to learn to do is to allow myself to fully inhabit being on the receiving end of the same energy I'm not the only one who likes to do that any good slave submissive person loves to please and so I need to look my own emotional stuff at what what in me makes it hard for me to lay back and actively enjoy receiving slash taking as much as they're enjoying giving slash offering, and that because it, it, it's it's an exchange, it's a power exchange, and so you're you're offering up your sweetness and devotion and your willingness to, to be to be pleasing, and I have to be able to be pleased for you for for you to get the experience yeah, that you want. It's it's very two way street. Yes, it is. So I mean, what makes a good lover that? But then there seems to be a second learning how to receive, learning how to receive. Yes. There's a page or two pages in the book Urban Tantra. And I Love used to have her. Barbara Corella is awesome. <laughs> and I used to have the page numbers memorized for when I'd be like, get Urban Tantra and turn to page like, blah, blah, blah. it was like 25 or something. And it was like two pages just on how to give and receive and the importance of being able to receive because a lot of people. Why well, don't? Because we're told, first we're told that part of our body is naughty. Then we are told somehow we're not worthy of being happy or having anyone like us or be nice to us, um, whatever issues we have doing that. And so here we are with a person who's being nice to us and giving us pleasure. And we, and we find that we're body armored. We're not breathing deeply. We're stiff. We cannot let the nice feeling in. That's, that's work people have to do on their own or with a good therapist is learning. Uh, Wilhelm Reich talked about body armor and uh, learning how to melt that is really very important job that a person has to do to become a good lover is i.e. being coming comfortable in your own skin and dealing with your own issues about touch and affection and I worked on that not with a therapist but, but learning how to uh, receive a good therapeutic non-sexual massage and real and learning how to relax deeply while someone was touching me in an affectionate non-sexual manner and that took five years oh wow I started getting massages at 13 and I barely was relaxed by 18 I mean it, it, it took a long long time but that but in, in the, when, when we melt our armor or break through our armor, that's when the growth happens, the insight happens, the healing happens. And if you're a woo person, that's where the woo is, is in offering ourselves compassion in that moment. I'm not a woo person. I am an atheist. I absolutely believe that any concept we have of God is a tickling of the midbrain, of the, Wait, of the midbrain. Um, but you're, we can you're get, saying woo as in woo-woo, right? Yes, as in, as in you know, spirit, guide, universal love. Okay. This so is like this God, God, whatever. Yeah. Right, we have two episodes coming up. Oh my gosh! It's a term. That's a term I had never heard before this weekend, and I've heard it <laughs> the whole weekend. <laughs> I, I, yeah, Poor it's David. crazy. No, it's fine. Uh, I just didn't even realize that that was a thing. Yeah, it is. It, it's shorthand for the all the shit I grew up with in Berkeley. Um, so woo is God and Jesus and Est and Hare Krishna and human potential movement and Tai Chi and biofeedback and bioenergetics and one world consciousness and the goddess and paganism and Wicca and oh God, <laughs> Native American Yo- Yoga used to be a lot of woo woo. Yeah. Yoga. Yeah. Um, Can I, I ask you, 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 uh, you said you started, uh, 
getting uh, m- uh, non-sexual massages when you were 13. Uh, and that was that. I mean, I guess what I'm what I want to ask is what kind of family you came from because it, like I didn't crazy. Crazy. That's a whole, um, <laughs> was that my, something that you that you chose to do on your own, or your family was a part of? Or um, well, so my father was blacklisted in 1957. I was born a couple no years, a couple years later. So in the aftermath of that whole thing, so my parents had been cast out of the middle class, um, and were casting about for what are we going to do next. And during the first ten years of my life, they tried all kinds of things. Um, Thank God they never tried EST, they never tried Scientology, and they never what tried Hare Krishna. The Erner Seminar Training. It's the it's, it's pre Tony Robbins. It's oh sure cult of personality, mega money machine for this for Werner Earhart. Ah, la, la, la. Anywho, um, we're talking about late sixties, early seventies, uh, and early seventies here. So the my parents were casting about. So I grew up in this era and this in Berkeley where all this is being discussed. Gender roles were being discussed. The gay rights movement, the civil rights movement, the environmental movement, the women's lib movement, the birth control movement, the natural birth movement. Um, it was all just fomenting. And so what's happening parents, right now? So is my parent, my parents, nothing were ca- compared to all that. Right. Yeah. My, my parents were casting about, and they, they they eventually, when I was ten, found Zen Buddhism, which they are still doing after 43 years and but along the way they looked at Reiki and therapy and and all the other therapies and just so I knew that I knew that one was allowed to look at one's life and quote unquote make oneself happy or, or look inside I learned about body armoring I recognized oh my gosh I'm body armored so I, I would define body armored um being Stiff, uh, for example, the, the the first thing you notice is if you cannot breathe deeply into your belly. So for the number of years, you know, I was I could just barely breathe past my third rib. I was just so because right, your stomach doesn't move when you because, breathe in. Yes, because feeling carries energy and energy, and breathing carries feelings. And when you're suppressing your feelings, I was clenching my jaw. I was you know I couldn't. I was jerky. I had a hard time relaxing. Cats cats weren't comfortable around me because I wasn't a calm. I wasn't centered in my body. Person, I was just a mess of um, you know jittery energy so learning how to not contain it but to look inward and and become friends with your body through exercise and guided meditation and master and, and mindful masturbation and so it was berkeley california and so everyone was a freaking massage therapist was one across the street you know <laughs> and in those days you know i'm going to massage school i'll give you a massage for free let me practice on you sure and, and these were and these were actually non-creepy non-sexual massages and so i learned wow when i get touched there i just stiffen up all over and i really have a hard time breathing and my mind wanders constantly I have a hard time keeping myself in my body so through whatever means one is able to acquire, learning to stay in one's body is really important because if going back to the uh, bell curve, all feelings on a bell curve, I stub my toe. Ah! Okay, not so bad. Now, the initial ow is a very sharp bell curve and then goes down halfway and hurts for several days and gets all the way down. Um, uh, orgasm can be long and in a sharp bell curve and down. So all feelings start with from nothing, build up intensity to some kind of climax, mm-hmm. and then ebb. Or we'd still feel the broken arm we had in third grade. So or we would still be coming. We'd still be coming. Yeah. Or, or we'd still be... <laughs> what a world. Or we'd still be crying, or we'd still be whatevering. So sure. feelings, feelings have, a, have a bell curve. And obviously height, intensity, you know, and, and length of time. And so... In the beginning, I couldn't stay focused on my body for more than half a second at a time. And then I was able to stay for two seconds before my mind wandered, before my breathing got tight again. So I just had to train myself like an athlete how to breathe deeply when somebody was touching me and keep myself present so I could watch my own process and discover what were my issues. 
what did come up? What was the fuck was going on? Because I believe that all these things were okay. Yet my body said, uh-uh, nuh-uh, oh, hell no. But I like girls. I want to be in group sex situations. My first orgy was a disaster. Um, <laughs> I, want, I, want, I want to have a threesome. My first threesome was an mit- unmitigated disaster in every kind of way. We don't have time to go into that. They're all um, dead. Uh, no, they're not, they're, not all, they're, not, they're, not, they're not all dead. But luckily, something in me kept going at it. Because from the 70s, as a woman, I knew I had the right to live myself, my, my sexuality. For, take responsibility for your sexuality. Take responsibility for your orgasm was the mantra of the 70s feminist movement before it got sidetracked into dirty pictures. Oh my God, they're so terrible for women. Ah. Mm. And what that means is um, learning what you want and going for it. I was told I had the right to live my life to please myself and the obligation to do it safely. My life happens to include alternative sexuality. Um, my sister did the same thing. She's a monogamous, heterosexual, vanilla person who's been married for 22 years. That was her living her authentic life. Her authentic sexuality is, is a more conventional one. So my living, my authentic sexuality happens to be very public. And people respond to it because, A, I bring good news about sex. And they've been hearing nothing but bad news for 30 years since you know HIV hit the, hit the the national scene that's one thing and i also um give you give people permission to go where you need to go to be happy um that is a lot of what sex educators do is is and read read mahalko um read about sex.com is awesome and one of his new sayings he comes up with the best sayings. and one of his new sayings when he's talking to people you know why you listen to you you're 40 you know talking to the young people in their early 20s mm-hmm. you know and he says look I've had sex with a lot of people. I'm still healthy and nobody's mad at me. (laughs) Maybe I can teach you something. It's like, Reed, I love you. I'm going to steal that line. I've had a lot of sex and I'm still healthy and nobody's mad at me. Um, Or my mad rate is is point in the the point oh 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 one percentage, you know, percentile. Um, And so it's possible to reach a healthy place around sexuality. So people say, well, Nina, you're so fill in the blank I could never be like you it's like anybody can be like me because being quote unquote like me means honoring your sexuality enough to find out what it truly is and living within its value system living making it real in your own life according to your own values mine is public because I'm exhibitionistic I'm on a mission I'm a teacher I'm here to this is what I'm here to do I have a plenty wonderful private life that nobody ever gets to see Um, but the primary primary aspect of my sexuality is to be public and open about it to help give other people permission and information. Um, but anybody can quote, be like me. When you're like me, you're at ease with your sexuality, you're at ease in your body, you don't hate yourself for your choices, and you are seeking to make always the, the choices that work for you sexually, um, relationally. Uh, and, and more importantly, if you're quote unquote like me, when you think about sex, it makes you happy and relaxed as opposed to fearful and angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the neat thing about unlocking your sexuality is more in tune you are with it. It's like, and, oh, and you I'm realize, less angry. And you realize how much energy we used to spend shoving that part of ourselves down and how much energy that now frees up, how mental space it frees up, how much, how much life energy it frees up to, to, instead of holding this down, well, I'll take that energy away so I can be more creative. I, what, it's just great, a great feeling. And to walk around knowing that my sexuality, my body is a consistent, reliable source of pleasure and intimacy on my terms mm. is a really great place to be, no matter what it looks like to anybody else. And that can include being celibate. 
celibacy totally. can, celibacy can be a very healthy a very healthy choice um, a lifetime or a month or, I mean, or a lifetime or less um, but uh, so yeah honoring um, authentic choices is really important can I um, ask you something oh do you want another cookie no I'm I, you know what I have cookies I'm I have cookies for you Nina that's I'm not she hitting on her and she's not, I would no. kind of like it I would never I would I would never I would never accept a I would never accept a flirtation from you at a party <laughs> or anything Sandra not at all no no not at all are you no. sure you don't want to split a cookie Ba-dunk-bonk. This is not me. I like to, I like to split her cookie. Wonka, wonka, wonka. Sorry. That is so bad. That well, is I mean, so bad. I'm just going to eat the whole cookie unless yeah, you pop, want pop, No, pop, <laughs> pop, that, eat go, go ahead and pop the cookie. Get it. Get it. I don't think I could fit the whole cookie in my mouth. Ooh. Well, I'm sure. Ooh, I think you All can. All right. <laughs> Actually, um, one of my favorite bits of advice, because I, I, I think I was about to teach a um, dirty talk. Class. This was a couple of years ago, and I was having a hard time getting around the idea of like, okay, I just need some extra tidbits. And I asked you, do you remember me asking you about like what would your main advice be about talking dirty? Um, I do remember. I think I remember my answer, but I want to see what you remember my answer being. And don't tell them what they want to hear. Tell them what they need to know. That's it, baby. Oh, and yeah. do and do it in a sweet, encouraging voice or a positive, encouraging voice. Um, and, and, and it works wonders. Yeah. So like, what's Give an, an ex- example? Yeah, yeah. Examples where we can role play or something. Okay. Okay. Oh, we still have time. Um, so I can say, so I may, I may, I may think you want to hear. So, so if I, if I'm a more traditional female, I think and you've been watching a lot of porn. I think I know what you, I think I know what you, a man want. Oh baby, I'm so hot for you. I bet your cock is so hard right now. I couldn't possibly get to it soon enough. <laughs> and, and you can and you can tell that I'm parod- you can tell that I'm parroting something not from me. But if I say what's true, ooh, I really like being here with you right now. I can't wait to take off your shirt and feel your chest. That's a real thing. I so all you need, I need to do is pay attention. What am I feeling? Say that, and and you and use a vernacular instead of Latin. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and you don't speak um, in Latin. Well, unless you can, but I mean, you know, saying, oh, I'd so like to to. Have you stroked my introitus? It's like <laughs> <laughs> what? No, no, that's hot. That's hot. I'm I'm into that. Okay, whatever. But you, <laughs> okay, because he's a nerd. He probably knows what introitus is. But anywho, so it's very important <laughs> that you tell them what they need to know, so that they can give you what you want, and they then you can have the experience of having a good lover, and your partner can have the experience of being a good lover. Mm-hmm. A good lover is someone who pays attention to cues and offers helpful hints um, to the person to make it more likely that you'll be successful so if you're if, if i feel you're successful i'll have you back if i feel heard and not judged for what i want i'm gonna say i like this guy he didn't make me feel like a dirty a dirty person for wanting his finger in my pussy while he ate me because i dared because you know the first time i asked someone to fuck me doggy style he said i don't do that i was 19 and it was years before i realized he thought i meant anal sex and i, I was just meaning i'm gonna get on my knees you're gonna put it back in my vagina right <laughs> you know sure. and because we we're both 19 what the fuck did we know so learning mm-hmm. how to and also and also learning how most important thing porn is fantasy don't try this at home without negotiation you may lose your left it's entertainment and the most important thing talking about how to receive a blowjob it's really important for me as a giver if the person whose penis it is can just lie back and enjoy the ride don't put your hand on my head unless i take your hand and put it on my head to get more yang going but 
in movies, it always is boom, 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 straight to the intercourse. In real life, a blowjob can take 20 minutes of just, we're hanging out in the fun zone. Sure. This is awesome. And if you're condom, you know, if you're condom for intercourse, it's also the condom free zone because I do blow, I do fellatio without condoms. And so if I want skin to skin contact, it's going to be, mm-hmm. that's where I'm going to spend, you know, hand jobbing and, and fellatio. It's going to be where we're both going to spend that time. Um, so learning for a guy, learning how to stay in the pleasure zone, present in his body without thinking about grandma's mm-hmm. panties or dead puppies, that's his job. And Brownie points, if he also masturbates while wearing condoms, his, his masturbates with condoms enough to find his least hated brand. <laughs> that is very important. Um, I like the skin condoms, S-K-Y-N, the non, they really feel, they're the least annoying. Um, and then the female person's job is to, on her own, become reliable orgasmic. You know, mm-hmm. from zero to from zero to first orgasm in twenty to thirty minutes, um, on your own. So just know that I I can always do this to myself. I'm always okay with it. So in case you're not quite there yet, I'm not gonna walk away going frustrated. So what if you're giving him fellatio, and what you're doing is not particularly exciting or interesting? How does one who's receiving pleasure in a nice way that's gonna Good be sexy? Question. Good question. Um, he depending. Hmm, good question. First, if he's if he's if he's if his erection is flagging, if it's not happening at all, then you need event. You know, you need to come up after a while and say, "Is everything okay?" Or he has to say something. But if the erection is coming and going. Um, at some point, you can just you know pull the partner up and, and kiss them and say, "Ooh," and let, 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 let's, you know, let me let me jerk myself while I kiss you because I, I just you're too far away. Um, and you make that sound into the mic. <laughs> yeah, that was the sound she just made. <laughs> and, and or he um, he can say, "Ooh, you mind grabbing a glove and playing with my ass?" I mean, depend. He has to know what he, he has to know if he's having difficulty with receiving the blowjob. It's not quite working. He has to know what do I need at this moment for the for the this to continue in the way that I'd like it to go and then find a way nicely to say that because um, rarely it's rarely ever about the other person it's almost always about the, the gentleman's mental state um, he may have just realized oh my gosh I'm in the wrong bed with the wrong person and when, one thing about the vaginas can lie I can lie in my back and let someone fuck me and go oh oh baby oh baby oh oh baby oh and he can think I had the best time since whatever and what the feminist movement has not acknowledged to my satisfaction is that men are emotional creatures and have emotional lives as well. Totally. And their penises are direct, as my lubrication is directly tied to how safe I feel and how turned on I feel, so too is his erection tied to how turned on he is, how present in his body he is, how safe and welcome he feels. And so the more we have sex, the more we learn, oh, okay, this is just, I can tell, I can tell this is not going to work tonight. Because the more experience you have, you can even tell before you're naked, wow, penis is just, penis is telling me this is not, this is not, not working. Not working. Sure. And then how do you get out of that? And that's personal, you know, if you've got all the way there, sometimes it can be the situation. Oh my gosh, I cannot keep my girlfriend out of my mind and I'm out of my brain and I'm cheating on her and my penis is going, motherfucker, you <laughs> asshole, you dick fuck, fuck you. And so there's that, then that momentary humiliation you have to like go now <laughs> or you realize work the next day or, so, or something unrelated to the situation comes up in your head and just is too big to blot out and your penis says fine I'll be in Bermuda 
when you want to come join me in <laughs> Bermuda, Dave on the back, I'll be there waiting for you. Because yeah. sometimes she just called me slugger. So, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes a momentary acknowledgement of what's going on and a dialing it back to the last thing that was fun or turning the energy on to her will just get things going again and you're back up and things are fine. And sometimes it's gone for the night. Um, and then she's either, you know, either left to help your partner masturbate to orgasm or whatever. And that, again, that we don't have ego about it. People are human. If it happens three times in a row, maybe it is the situation. But if it happens once in a while, you're just being human and to let it go. Yeah. Well, we're <laughs> we're at it's the all end. very important. We are definitely yeah. We got to wrap it up. However, you had a really interesting thing to say about uh, the election that's coming up with the Prop B thing. Uh, Prop B, I say vote no on it. Um, what is Prop B? Prop B is the LA based uh, uh, measure that would mandate condom use in pornography production and. Uh, founded, uh, funded by the AIDS Healthcare Foundation. Um, it is, it is wrongheaded, bad on the face of it. It would add a lot. Uh, we're here. We are firing firefighters, teachers, police officers, and we're going to have a condom inspection team. Secondly, it is content based and is completely against the First Amendment. Um, it's not going to make anything safer. It's about sending the message that Michael Weinstein and the AHF. A H F wants to send out. That's not our job. Um, porn's entertainment. It's not meant to be educational. Um, and uh, and it's just adds a whole new layer of bureaucracy. And more importantly, will not make anybody safe. We, what we do have is a very effective HIV mitigation um, testing system in adult entertainment. And in 12 years, we've had two confirmed on set transmissions of HIV and LA County has had over 10,000 cases of HIV new cases new cases of HIV in that same 12 years so the porn world is not a hotbed of HIV infection yeah, not at all and we are not danger endangering the public health and it's not our job if you at home don't know enough to protect yourself with barrier methods and safer sex practices that is not our responsibility your, watch what you like to watch. You don't copy Vin Diesel and how he drives, do you? You don't copy James Bond and how he shoots guns, do you? We're entertainment. It's fantasy. Think of pornography as live action cartoons. No one gets hurt. No one, you know, no, it's always, always perfect because it's a fantasy. So live your life accordingly. Take measures to protect yourself and don't be stupid. And uh, vote no on Measure B because it won't help uh, anybody. Actually, make, it'll make us less safe because if it passes, Shooting will go underground. The testing program will be in danger, and someone will get sick. So, it, vote no statewide. Vote no on Measure Thirty Five, which purports to be a, an anti-trafficking um, law, and really will just serve to uh, recriminalize or make more criminal um, consensual adult sex work, which is not the direction to go f- for people's safety. Right. You said that these are a lot of laws attacking adult choices in commerce yes which i thought was a really interesting um well, way we're to allowed to have all kinds of it. commerce but we can't have sex commerce because as you know women are so beaten down by the patriarchy that we can't make clear choices about what we want to do with our bodies and how we want to earn money just so you know you don't know yourself well enough to know whether or not you would like to be a sex worker or not just saying so no on B. No on B. And no 35. on 35. <laughs> Nina.com. You can follow me on Nina, Twitter. At you got Nina.com? Man, good for you. Nice. That was, yeah, God, I wish I had Dave.com. Mm. Take, so it, cool. it, it, is Dave.com taken? Oh, yeah. 
Damn. Um, it's at Nina Land on Twitter, um, the official Nina Hartley fan page on Facebook, and Nina.com for the pay site. And now RandomScrew.com for all you swingers out there. RandomScrew. RandomScrew.com. <laughs> Actually, I think it's open for registration. The first, um, the first X thousand men get in free the first x thousand couples get in free and the first x thousand women get in free i have to get those numbers before i just start spewing numbers well, cool. um, sure. but it is free to uh register now and it's just gonna be a lot of fun but i'll be doing a random screw swing party tour in 2013 well thank you very much nina hartley yeah, thanks so much Yay. for coming on the show, it. Mwah, mwah, mwah. all right go team fun go team fun now leaving Nerdist.com.